Rob Brown jumps on with us, host of the Rob Brown Show on the Fan Upstate, also co-host of Bet for the Cycle right here, BetQL Network. The hair looks lovely. It's wavy. Yeah. Looks like you just freshly Looking conditioned like Sam it. Sam Hartman. Oh, man. Some, yeah, you know what? You do kind of have the Sam Hartman hair right now. I see yeah. a little Sam Hartman, Rob. Uh, I believe they call this a quaff, ladies and it gentlemen. Is a quaff. And I yes. nailed it, if I may say so myself. <laughs> All right, so let's look. I mean, listen, everybody's still talking about Colorado, Oregon, Colorado in, in, in general, and it's going to continue to be this way the entire season. Ryan brought up a good point. Dion's been a lot quieter this week. You know, you're 20-and-a-half-point dogs heading in this game against Oregon. They can put up some serious points. We know that Colorado really can't stop anybody. Not a lot of depth on that defense, and Travis Hunter's out. Heading into this game, have you taken a side on this? Are you just on the total? How do you see this playing out? Oh, I am I am all in on the Ducks this weekend. Listen, yeah. I have what, what? loved the Coach Prime Express. I have been in. I bought myself a pair of Dion sunglasses. Consider me hashtag influenced. It has been a blast. I've loved it. But they? at some point, all things, uh, all good things come to an end. And the Colorado defense is here's how bad the Colorado defense is. Uh, should do, or no, excuse me, Travis or either Shiloh or Travis told a story that before that game. Dion said, if we win the flip, we're taking the ball. And he said, why? And he said, because y'all can't stop anybody, and I know what Shador can do with the ball, right? Like, even Dion knows that if they're going to win a game like this, they're going to have to win it like 47, 42, 48, 45, mm -hmm. something like that. And I just think Oregon is, is the best they've seen. If Colorado State took them double OT, I don't see any reason why the Oregon Ducks can't do better. So, uh, I'm going all in on Oregon, and I'm 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 laying the points on this one hard. I'm also gonna bet the over because I do think Colorado's yes. gonna put points on the board. I think the over is maybe even an easier bet to make, but I think the Ducks are are gonna the the only question I have for this game is when Colorado loses the next two by 24 or worse, what happens to all the prime hype? Like, are people still gonna be riding that high if they get smoked? by Oregon and USC back-to-back, -back, but it's going to be a fun follow. Let's talk about this Florida State-Clemson game. Obviously, Clemson just hasn't been the same version of them that we saw in the Deshaun Watson slash, you know, Trevor Lawrence era. Um, but Clemson's a really, really tough place to play. Uh, Florida State, obviously fourth-ranked team in the country. Going on the road is tough. Two-and-a-half-point favorites. What do you do there? I got to tell you, I'm, I got a, like the slightest lean Florida State. I think everybody panicked, including the people setting the line after the Boston College game this past weekend up in Chestnut Hill. And it's understandable, right? I mean, they, they were, let's be real, they were bailed out by a call when Boston College probably could have, should have, would have got the ball back with a buck 11 left to play and a field goal to win the thing. I think FSU got bailed out there. But at the same time, there was a lot going on. You got to remember, that was FSU's first road game because the first game against LSU was a neutral site game but it was in Orlando so it was an FSU home game uh they went to Boston or they had Southern Miss come in week two to Tallahassee so that was their first red game their first road game and it was that red bandana game and and we all know that those type of emotional sentimental games for teams weird things can happen right it's like a Penn State whiteout everybody gets up for that weird stuff happens in those games so I don't think it's full-on press the panic button yet uh as far as Clemson goes look there is one thing I'm concerned about Boston College was generating a lot of pressure on Jordan Travis 
And Jordan Travis had wide receivers that were putting the ball on the ground. Johnny Wilson had drops. Keon Coleman had drops. So I do get a little concerned because Clemson, despite all the faults they've had offensively, still does have one of the top 10 defenses in college football. It's only week two. The sample size is real small. But they can get to the quarterback. And Jordan Travis didn't really handle that as well last week as you'd like to out of a, a, a top four, top five Heisman finalist potential. So uh, I, I'm I'm – I'm not real super confident on Florida State. This is absolutely a game Clemson can win. I will say this. I think the ACC took it out on Clemson and Florida State by scheduling this game at noon, right? Like, I think that this was a, hey, you guys were the ones that caused all the conference disruption this offseason. Your punishment is the biggest game of the year for both of you. You're playing it at noon. But I do think that's advantage Florida State because Memorial Stadium in Death Valley is not going to be as loud and obnoxious as it could be if Clemson fans had an additional seven hours to tailgate and get, as we say in the South, well lubricated before that game (laughs) begins. So I do think that helps FSU out a little bit. But again, I just, what offense are we going to get? The one that hung 66 on Southern Miss, the one that hung 45 on LSU, or the one that was fighting for its life to escape Boston College? Uh, Rob, now we head over to the main event. Primetime Saturday night. I just need to know what side you're on. You got the villains, those scumbags. Ohio State <laughs> taking on the Midwest Catholics. Three-point dogs at home. Home game, but it'll probably be like 60% Ohio State fans. That's just what happens. I can tell you that being a fan, we've we've never won this game since I've been alive. 1936, I wasn't around for that. What do you like this weekend? Ohio State, Notre Dame. And why is it the under? Uh, I, I am I am actually gonna go Notre Dame. I am a believer, man. They have they oh, have sold no. me. I have bought in on the Irish. And it's it's let me rephrase that. I've bought it on Sam Hartman. Now, I've been saying for a while, I think Sam Hartman is a potential Heisman Trophy finalist this year. And I know some of you guys agreed, some didn't. I think Sam Hartman is good enough to outduel Kyle McCord. And I like Kyle McCord. But McCord has not faced anybody that is anywhere near what Notre Dame is going to be able to throw at them so far this year. Kyle McCord has taken a little while to get rolling. He's had the Youngstown State game, did not do anything to to overwhelmingly boost my confidence in the Buckeyes. They're a very good team. I'm not taking that away. But I'm going to ride with a quarterback who has seen big-time pressure before. I'm taking Notre Dame at home. And I get that, but... Notre Dame fans, I'm going to ask you, are they not like other fan bases where once you stick a single-digit number out front of their name, now all of a sudden all the big-time forever fans are yeah. clamoring for tickets? Because I'll tell you, as, as somebody who grew up around Florida State, all of a sudden, for all those years, when I was going, why the hell aren't you guys going to Dope Campbell when this team is number 22-23 and night games are having 50,000 people show up? Now, all of a sudden, I got friends in Tallahassee calling me asking I've got to hook up on tickets because you can't find them because they're a top-four team. I don't think it's going to be as clear-cut uh, as, as you think. I think Notre Dame's going to be – I think South Bend's going to be rocking, and I'm rolling with the Irish. All right, so such a great point. And college football is obviously better when those teams are good, but that's a really good point because my father-in-law is even going to this game, and I'm so jealous. I'm like, where are you when we're 34.5-point favorites over Central Michigan and Ian Book is the starting quarterback? Of course, everybody wants to go now. And then Florida State, like half my family from Tallahassee, and now this week, everybody went to Florida State. And it's like, no, you went to Tallahassee Community College. You went to TCC. (laughs) You did not go to FSU. But uh, I agree, man. Both games are going to be awesome, though. 
On the other side of things, I guess I would say the other side of things, but yeah, I guess it kind of is because you're very high on Notre Dame in this, and then everybody is down on Alabama. PJ's tied are having one of the roughest years that they have had in a long, long time. Six-and-a-half-point favorite still against Ole Miss. A lot of people like Ole Miss. Jackson Dart's been playing well. Lane Kiffin up against his former you know, head coach. We know the assistants and head coach thing with Nick Saban. They don't win very much. Is this a spot where we look at Alabama and say, because they've been low, this is where they bite back? Or does this feel like everybody's going to start stepping on Alabama with the fear factor maybe not there this season? Man, I don't want to buy into the cliche, right? Because I've heard a lot. I've seen a lot of the message board geniuses out there talking about how Saban's going soft and it's it's just starting to get to him. He's not the same guy. There were rumors last week that he's been telling the inner circle that if they don't make a big-time bowl game, he's done at the end of the I don't believe any of that. It's, it's, it's all hearsay as far as I'm concerned. But I also have to take off the table what I said going into the last couple weeks, uh, specifically in that Texas game with Sarkeesian, where I went all in on Alabama over Texas because Nick Saban has always seemed to put a little something extra into games when he's got a protege that's lined up wearing the headset across from him. And we all know the very long and, dare I say, freaking hilarious history of Joey Freshwater, a.k.a. Lane Kiffin, and the great one Nick Saban. So this is one where, like, emotionally, I think, Nick Saban comes out and he drops 65 on Ole Miss just to prove a point especially with all this weird smack talk from Lane saying, oh, I think they've they've secretly replaced their defensive coordinator, you guys. Like, they got another dude running the defense. And I don't believe that. All of that being said, I just I, – I stay in the camp of as long as Nick Saban's pulling the strings, they've got a chance. They do have to figure out the quarterback situation. They're going back to Jalen Milrow because Tyler Buckner and company just were atrocious last weekend against USF. But you also got to wonder, does that put a spark under Jalen Milrow, right? Like, maybe he just can't do it. Maybe he just can't do it. But if he can do it, and week one, he did what I think a lot of quarterbacks have done and just, oh, I'm the QB at Alabama. Let me roll the crimson helmet out there, and I'm going to be fine. A little humble pie can go a long way for a lot of different guys, and I wonder if Bama doesn't kind of get back to, let's run the ball. Our pass blocking is average at best, which is not what you're used to in Tuscaloosa. Let's run the hell out of the ball. Let's utilize Jalen Milrow's legs as a weapon as much as his arm. I'm not touching this game, to be honest with you. You'd be more inclined to get me if it was like Bama minus four and a half than the six and a half. Uh, But... I just, man, I'm just waiting because it feels like something in Tuscaloosa's got to pop and Saban gets everybody right. Uh, that USF game was ugly for the Tide. But like we said, uh, sometimes you just got to get punched in the mouth to figure out who the hell you are. And if there's one guy that can help a team answer that question, I got to think it's Nick Saban. A lot of hype, Rob, on obviously USC. A lot of hype on Oregon. But Oregon State just sneaking under the radar defensively. All the metrics are just ridiculous. Scoring 41 per game, only allowing opponents 11 per game. Rushing yards allowed, really good. Passing yards allowed, really good. They go on the road to the Palouse at Washington State as three-point favorites. Gonna whoop that ass. Yeah, gonna whoop that ass. (laughs) Why isn't that just a smash mouth, take the points, and thank me later situation? 
Yeah, no, I'm all in. I'm 100% in with you guys. Listen, I, I so first and foremost, my radio station here in Greenville, South Carolina is about 45 minutes from Clemson. And I have said multiple times, there's a lot of Tigers that owe DJ Uyunglele a damn apology right now is what's happening because he leaves and Cade comes in. He's the golden boy. He's the guy that's going to prove DJ was bad. And would you look at that? All of a sudden, DJ's out there spinning the beam pretty well and Cade is sputtering out of the gate a little bit. Maybe... It's a Clemson problem, not a DJ problem, but I am. I love the Beavs right now, man. They are fun to watch both offensively and defensively. You're right. They are crushing the line of scrimmage. Quarterbacks facing them are having a lower time until pressure than just about anybody else in that conference right now. And to be honest with you, I'm almost kind of looking and going, uh, the only reason that I did not throw a little ducket at Oregon State in the Pac-12 was because I looked at Penix Jr., I looked at Caleb Williams, uh, and I thought, like, one of these quarterbacks is going to carry that team to a Pac-12 championship, and I was down on DJ, too. Now, all of a sudden, I'm kind of thinking, maybe we all missed a little bit, right? Like, maybe DJ kind of is that dude, and this Beave offense can put numbers up, which they've been doing. Again, 26 against San Diego State, not what I wanted, but I'm all in with you guys on the Beavs over the Cougs. Rob Brown, always good to have you on, my friend. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Lunch is mine, guys. Anytime. Let's go watch some football. 3-0 49ers, four minutes to go in the first, and a 14-3 lead Georgia State over Coastal Carolina. It's BetMGM tonight.